pleasure to meet you, Mr. Dunbar. Is Hunter Dunbar here tonight? That's enough. I need to get an autograph. Don't let him do this to me. I'm a fan. I'm a number one fan. Is it difficult to find famous people's houses? I use my star map app. You have to be careful. I don't want you to be accused of stalking. Hey, you can't just come to my private residence looking for me. Listen, pal, I don't know how you found me, but I don't ever want to see you in this neighborhood again. What the hell did I just watch? The Fanatic, directed by Fred Durst. 2019, rated R, hour 28 minutes. Welcome to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media. Honestly, don't even know I should have done that ad on this specific uh, podcast because, my lord, I literally have no idea what I just saw. Um, Let me see. Um... The uh, the fanatic. Sorry, I'm just mind boggled by what what the hell I just saw. This is directed by well, the fanatic. It's starring John Travolta as the character of Moose, basically an autistic forty year old who, or maybe fifty year old. I don't know. That is obsessed with horror movies and a specific action movie star. This movie is about a rapid film fan that stalks his favorite action hero and almost takes us into the next realm. I will say. I mean, it is. This is one of the craziest movies I've ever seen. It's got a three nine on IMDb. It might be one of those movies you classified as so bad it's good, but it is just bizarre on all levels. It's kind of offensive. When it comes to the depiction of autism, and I guess having been on the spectrum, um, I don't have too much to say about that side, so I don't want to, you know, go too PC with it and just, you know, bash it for that. But <laughs> the uh, the movie is fucking weird. Um, one thing I just found out yesterday, I was talking to my brother, I was just like, uh, my brother Michael, he's been on the podcast uh, before, check you know, the back catalog to see a little bit about him. Um, my brother, Michael, he went to high school at the same place the director of this movie went. Uh, Fred Durst is from North Carolina, very close to where uh, we used to reside and where my brother used to go to high school. I was like, What? Fred Durst used to go go down at uh, Ashley High School. I was like, "What in the hell?" I was mind blown. The uh, the um, lead singer of Limp Biscuit used to um, go to school not too far from here, just a skip and a block, um, right right down from Charlotte. And I was just like, "Oh my gosh." It's meant to be. So um, I found all of this out after I had watched The Fanatic. And I had heard a lot of things about it. I will say the Double Toaster review is one of the funniest reviews I've seen about this movie. It's it's worth watching the movie just so you can go watch that review. I'm not a comedian, so I'm not even going to attempt to be that funny on here. So anything that 
uh, I, I would be able to say would not be able to be matched by theirs. Just go check out the Double Toaster review. If you've seen the movie The Fanatic, you're going to be dying laughing. Even if you haven't seen the movie, they got a great review with it. Um, just explaining some of the, the background in it. Um, but yeah, so John Travolta plays this guy named Moose, and there's this uh, quote-unquote fake action star that is played by Devin Sawa named Hunter Dunbar. And so Moose becomes obsessed with this actor, Hunter Dunbar. And so apparently in real life, Fred Durst had some sort of experience similar to this. I don't think it went to this degree. Hopefully it didn't go to this degree. But um, (laughs) honestly, uh, yeah, that's where the uh, background for this movie actually came from. The weird thing about this movie is that it kind of sh- shifts tones a lot, but it also reminds me a lot of that movie uh, Good Time, directed by the Safdie brothers. Um, John Travolta also used to have uh, an autistic son, or a son that was on the spectrum, which begs me to wonder why he took this role. I mean, undoubtedly, this is one of Travolta's, like, turn you know heel turns into being a character actor uh what double toast is martin said on double toast is that he said that this was making john travolta a leading man you know the handsome leading man to a character actor who was much more like a christian bale or uh i you know i'm not sure if it's the same caliber but um what is his name um Fucking, what is it? Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, yes, somewhat more of a Daniel Day Lewis kind of uh, actor um, that really conforms into the role. Because my God, I will say that I mean, Travolta embodies this individual, and, and there wasn't for a second that I thought I was watching, you know, the, the grease lightning, dancing, heel shaking, shoot him, bang him up, Pulp Fiction. Um, star at all i mean he really embodies it um the mannerisms the way that he acts the uh the way that he talks i was very impressed by the acting of oh i i thought you know his his just the way that he carries himself you know everything about him definitely feels uh real in a way now, the problem is the writing in this movie is just all over the fucking wall. You never know what's going to happen next. Um, and they also make some characters dumb, dumber than others, and then they make, they, they kind of make you feel like... The movie tries to think that it's smarter than the, than the uh, audience, and it's most definitely not. Um, and... It, it, I don't want to say it. it's sort of predictable in a way, but also there's this weird correlation, not correlation, there's this weird plot line of showing what Moose is doing when he's not trying to get autographs and memorabilia to, for Hunter Dunbar to sign. He's this um, cop, like this street uh, street art cop. So, you know, like when you go on... Uh, Hollywood Drive, or if you go in New York, there are these street performers, and they're dressed up as something. He looks like he is uh, a 1920s Monopoly-looking cop with one of those batons in his hand and the tall hat and the 
and terrible mustache. I mean, it it doesn't even make sense what's going on in this movie. And so just the counterbalance of seeing what Moose is doing day to day versus him going crazy over this Hunter Dunbar character. Between that and him, you know, being bullied by other street performers, um it is a bizarre movie. It's not a it's not a long movie at all. I think it I think it's only about an hour and twenty minutes, <laughs> ten minutes of credits. I swear, but um, <laughs> and the title sequence is weird. I, I I don't know something about the title sequence made it felt like they were using you know various after effects to make <laughs> make the uh, uh, special effects in it. I don't know. It, it looked bad in, in numerous parts. Um, I, you know, from what the actual movie is saying, I have no fucking idea. I literally have no idea what this movie is. I, most movies have like an underlying um, message of saying, you know, you, you know, don't be a consumer, don't be over consumer or, you know, don't eat too much or, you know, be sure to eat your vegetables or, you know, uh, don't be uh, negative or something like that. I don't know. A lot of movies generally have some sort of underlying message about them. And this just goes straight off off the fucking rails in a way that doesn't make sense for anybody at the end. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I The only thing I could say is that I was thoroughly entertained the entire time. Um, it does get a little excessive, excessively violent at the end. Um, let me see. Um... Yeah, that's about all I can say. There's a shameless Limp Biscuit plug that is just, you know, get that shit out of here. Um, just like, if you're going to plug your own music, don't call attention to it. It just is so bad when it when it's done that way. Um, let me see what else. Anything else we need to uh, cover? I don't see a budget for this at the moment. I might leave it in the, the show notes. Like, it can't be high because there literally was not shit happening. Um... I will say that there were thorough, there was some thorough parts that I was just like kind of freaked out about. I was like, my God, um, I can't believe the depiction of uh, the, you know this autistic guy is going this way. And considering he had an autistic son, um, I'm sure that he picked up a lot of those mannerisms, uh, you know, just watching people on the spectrum and stuff like that. But it kind of makes me uncomfortable because it, it, I guess it implies, it can imply that. Uh, you know, all autistic people are like this, which is obviously not the case. It just, I, I kind of wish they had had another person on the spectrum or, or a community that showed that, you know, they're not all like this. It's kind of like the uh, the Rambo effect of showing, you know, the majority of all Mexican men are in the cartel or something like that. Like, that's obviously not the fucking case. So it's like, show show full real developed worlds and obviously you're not going to get a full real developed world in this movie but what i'm saying is um uh maybe don't only show one person on the spectrum uh you know attacking another person because it could lead to uh you know whatever it could lead to but still i uh still had a a crazy interesting time watching this. This is like a drunk view. You want to like watch this with uh, a couple of your friends and just laugh your ass off. I mean, it is bizarre. It's ridiculous. Um, that I, th- I think that's that about covers it. Um, let's go into spoilers real quick for the fanatic. Uh, 
Um, okay, so let me see. There is something that happens at the 45-minute mark that really determines where the tone of the movie is going because at first you're kind of like, okay, what the fuck am I watching? This guy's, uh, you know, barely able to, you know, eat, eat, sleep, shit himself. You know, he he's barely a functioning human being in some scenes, but then uh, other scenes, he's like highly successful. He's doing, he's got like a decent place to live. Like somehow he's living in Hollywood, LA or whatever. Um, it doesn't exactly make sense about, you know, some of the logistical things, um, him sneaking into parties, having this, this one chick as a, uh, uh, this paparazzi chick as his friend that helps him, uh, find these, you know, Hunter Dunbar's house and shit like that, like the app and stuff. I bet that app really works. I, or sorry, it really exists and stuff like that. But um, it didn't make any sense why you would ever give give him, uh, you know, the power to go to celebrities' houses and expect him not to do it. But anyways, at that forty five minute mark, the Hispanic maid and the uh, Hispanic. Uh, Gardner are notified by Hunter Dunbar that there is somebody that has been lurking around stalking and actually the Mexican maid, I'm assuming she's Mexican, Hispanic maid, sorry, um, she is kissed by Hunter Dunbar real quick, which makes it, I guess, seem like there's DNA or something like that, but then she walks outside after Hunter leaves and then gets bopped over the head by... Moose basically on accident after she was telling him to leave and he kind of pushes her into a pot on accident and bumps her head. And so at the very end, of course, that shit has to come back and bite Hunter Dunbar. So um, in between the part of the Hispanic maid getting bopped on the head and we realize that this is that kind of movie. Oh, no, he's bigger. He doesn't realize how strong he is. And the tone of the movie definitely shifts into a different gear of like, okay, we're dealing with somebody who's has the power to, you know, take out a life. Um, someone that's dangerous. And so it becomes suddenly, you know, less funny in a way, but also it's much more ridiculous. So it's kind of counterbalanced. It really depends on which side of the spectrum you're, you're landing on, whether you think it's so ridiculous that you're laughing or it's so ridiculous that it's uh, offensive. For me, I was laughing. I, I was just like, this is just so ridiculous. But regardless, it was exactly the reaction of watching like a train wreck. Imagine if the train wreck and all of the carts turned vertically up. That's what I felt like I was watching, honestly. So anyways, um, once... Uh, <sighs> Once Moose is in the house, he's going throughout Hunter Dunbar's house. He's, put, you know, trying, I think he, does he try on his clothes? I don't know. He goes throughout his closet. He goes throughout his bedroom. He's trying out his food. He's, you know, taking his shit in his bathroom. He's uh, he's using his toothbrush. He's in his bed. He's all up in his intimate space. And it is just fucking creepy, honestly. And at one point, once Hunter become, comes home, um, uh, Moose is, a, is in his house and he's lurking around like one of these slashers. And I thought that was one of the more effective scenes. I was like, oh, fuck. I, this is like the last thing I'd want is, you know, a, a guy like Moose hanging around my house doing all this shit. Uh, 
And then what's even scarier is seeing the you know the psychological stuff that he does to Hunter when he's asleep. I mean, he's just sitting there staring at him, kind of rocking back and forth. I mean, that shit was that was making me uneasy. I was like, oh fuck, this is a different movie that I feel like I've, I've uh, begun watching. So I do feel like there is some decent direction with the horror. I will say, you know, you know the type of horror is you know subjective, but the fact is this guy is you know, staring at Hunter, you know, Moose is staring at Hunter Dunbar and kind of looking over him, trying to take photos and dropping his phone on him and shit like that. It was, it was a uh, very bizarre, at many different points. I will say Hunter Dunbar at, in the first interaction they have with them, um, he's talking to his uh, wife behind the bookstore where he's doing signings. And that's when Moose comes up and he's asking for um, memorabilia signings, uh, autographs. And he's, uh, you know, Hunter's not the nicest guy, but I don't f- feel like he was any less stern than, you know, anyone else would be having their ex-wife and their kid right there. I do feel like a lot of the time they're trying to make Hunter Dunbar kind of look like an asshole. And I do agree he's a little bit alpha and he's a little bit, you know, toxic in a way. But I don't think that... Uh, I, I I don't exactly know where to land on him. Like he's an asshole, but I mean he was tied up by Moose. He told Moose stay away, and Moose tied him up anyway. You know he doesn't know what he's gonna do. Moose is gonna do to his kid, even though we know probably Moose isn't gonna do anything, but or on purpose. Um, but anyways, Moose ties up Hunter Dunbar at one point, and uh, you know they have. A very long 20-minute scene of uh, Moose kind of doing these reoccurring horror tropes and horror themes. They're coming, they get you, Barbara. You know, and uh, the the movie that we saw him watching in that cheap flashback in the the movie... uh, when we see that his mother was calling him Moose at the age of like seven and still neglecting him, hanging out with men, I don't know. It it didn't. It was a it was a terrible cheap flashback that gave zero depth. Uh, but anyways, back to when Hunter is tied up on the bed, um, Moose is acting like all of these horror tropes. You know, I think it's Freddy with the hockey mask, and then. Um, uh, he does, you know. Hunter realizes that he can kind of get the upper hand. Ends up convincing Moose that you know we can be best friends, and I can, you know, sign all your memorabilia. As soon as he gets free, he starts whooping Moose's ass. I mean, he punch. I think he punches him, grabs a shotgun, blows his hand off, kicks him down the stairs, and starts to have kind of a good time while he was doing it. It's a. He he becomes the action horror star action star that he is in the movies even though the movies kind of show him as kind of uh, i don't know he i don't know what we're supposed to think about this guy kind of fighting back moose but then taking glee in it um so when he kicks him down the stairs moose is just falling down crying the entire time hand blown off um then moose uh ends up getting both of his eardrums uh, blown out by the shotgun that Hunter Dunbar is shooting beside his head. None of the shots actually hit him, but, I mean, he's he's deaf at that point. And 
Then Hunter grabs a knife and stabs Moose in the eyeball. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, this just took the next level. I was like, I, this just, whatever you thought was going to happen in this movie, that, that just, that just happened. I was like, that was the last thing I thought was going to happen. And so, um, uh, after that, Hunter Dunbar's, like, oh shit, what did I just do? You know, I mean, right before he, he comes to the realization, I mean, he does pull the trigger at Moose's stomach, I believe, and there's no more bullets or something like that. And so he pretty much almost killed Moose. Um, it's still a sticky situation because, you know, Moose could have easily, I mean, he did kidnap Hunter for a while and possibly drug him. I don't know. Um, but uh, anyways, Hunter wraps up Moose's arm. He's like, oh, did I do, you know, did I do that? Oh, well, let me uh, wrap it up and, you know, send you on your way. And he walks him out outside and then closes the door, the door behind him. And Moose is just walking down the street without a hand or hand blown off without an eye. I ripped out. <laughs> I mean, and then his one paparazzi friend just shows up out of nowhere and he's just like, Oh my gosh, Moose, what happened? You know, oh my goodness. And uh, like street performers come up to him and be like, Oh, dude, that's the coolest costume, dude. I mean, it's, it's like, what? Um, like he's bleeding from the eye, hand removed. It doesn't look like a costume. I mean, he probably smells like shit, too. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and then it goes back to the Hunter Dunbar residence and he's just like sitting there reflecting on what he just did to Moose. And he gets a knock on the door, opens it up, and who is it? Oh, my goodness. It's the Hispanic gardener along with the police force. And he's like, yep, it's him. And, of course, Hunter Dunbar is arrested for the murder of the Hispanic maid in the back <laughs> backyard that no one has uh, seen for two days. I mean, it is one of the dumbest most ridiculous plot lines I have come to seen in a very long time. And that is why, um, well, along with John Travolta's performance being absolutely ridiculous, um, I just, I, I don't believe it's a 3.9. I don't believe this Rotten Tomatoes score should be 18%. It's, it is a terrible, ridiculous movie. Um, but I honestly think it's for a certain crowd um, that enjoys just kind of sh- shitty, schlocky movies in a way. I don't, I don't want to say shitty, but because I think there's some value to it in a way. But it's so dumb. I was, I was laughing through it more than not. Um, it's a three point nine out of ten on IMDb. I would give it a five out of ten, mostly because it was ridiculously stupid, but it didn't upset me. I feel like you really, you you got to piss me off to get below like you know like a four and below. Uh, it, it didn't piss me off, but I can see this you know not going great with some audiences. Eighteen percent of Rotten Tomatoes. That means eighteen percent of people would recommend it. <laughs> I guess I'm part of that eighteen percent. I I would rec- I would loosely recommend it as a stupid recommend. You know, it it it's uh it it reminds me of the room, but for 2019 in a way. I don't know. It it, it it's <laughs> it's so dumb. Anyways, um, yeah, I 
this movie was ridiculous. The way that it's, uh, the way that, you know, things just happen. People were just walking on the street and all of a sudden, you know, actors will come up and start talking to them as if the scene was supposed to happen in a room or something like that, but they didn't have the budget. So they just had it on the street side or something. It, it didn't make sense. Um, logistics of, you know, how this guy would be able to be alone didn't make sense. The way people would treat him didn't make sense. Um, yeah, obviously, ironically, one of the first ratings on IMDb say, I have autism and I enjoyed this movie. Um, let me see. We can actually see what he says. This was uh, 8 out of 10, 5 locks. I have autism and I like the movie. When I read the terrible reviews about this movie, I was curious, especially about the autistic character. I imagined the worst stereotypes, the worst mistakes, and the worst treatments. But what I found was a character on the spectrum, problematic, confused, full of anguish, and in the end caused me a lot of pity. In fact, it was the autistic character who touched me the most in his representation for cinema. I'm a huge fan of good films, and that's why I say forget about all the shameful bullshit that specialized critics have been writing about this work this film is worth watching that's not worth what's not worth paying attention to is the growing ignorance dressed as political correctness huh well i like what uh five locks has to say and you know if he if if he's on the quote-unquote spectrum or if he has autism then you know obviously we want to hear that kind of uh we want to hear opinions from that group that understands what it means to be um, autistic and understand uh, the the lifestyle that goes along with it and whether or not it's being represented on screen correctly or not. Um, let's do another, uh, let's see. Oh, this someone actually said something similar. I said, Three out of ten, so bad it's good. This movie may well outshine the room in years to come. Amazing in the worst kind of way. Um, and about half the viewers uh, found that helpful. I think that is about how I would uh, describe it. But yeah, thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast to the Fanatic review. Thank you for listening uh, for donations, paymail.me slash Podcast. Link is below. Uh, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, all the links, all below. Uh, email, comments, questions, concerns, rate, review, iTunes, five stars. Keep us in there. Um, that tremendously helps other people find the podcast. Thank you for listening, and take it easy.